Welcome to Insider Marketing. I'm Mark Thomas, head of growth here at Powered by Search. And each week we'll be breaking down a SaaS company's marketing, giving ideas about how we would improve the strategy to get more trials, demos, and revenue using demand gen, SEO, and paid media. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Insider Marketing, the show where we at the team of Powered by Search sit down and look at a SaaS business's marketing to see what they're doing well, where they could improve with SEO, PPC, and demand gen. And today I am joined by Jess Boisvenu. Jess, how's it going? Going well, how are you doing? Yes, yes, I'm doing really well. And, you know, in fact, the company today that we're looking at is a French company, you have a French second name <laughs> and a do. French dad. Yeah. And I'm a French speaker. So we've got all the credentials, everyone. Uh, plus, we know about SAS. Uh, so let's uh, take a look at Agorapulse. Here's a little bit of info that I prepared on them earlier. Now, before we dive into the episode, I want to give you some context around Agorapulse. Agorapulse is a social media management platform. They were founded in 2011 in Paris. Now, like most of the companies we're going to talk about on Insider Marketing, we don't have conversion or revenue data. So we have to make some guesses, some smart bets. Now, our bet today is that they're doing around 23 to $33 million ARR with a marketing team of 14 and about 133 people overall. And we're going to share strategy ideas for demand gen, SEO, and PPC with paid media team lead here at Powered by Search, Jess Boisvenu. Let's dive in. Great. So that was a little bit of info about Agora Pulse. Really cool company, kind of interesting marketing strategy, and there's a lot of good things that they've already done. So let's just start off with Demand Gen, and then we're going to talk with Jess about PPC and also about how the messaging on their PPC affects the performance of campaigns we expect. So talking about positioning, they are in a crazy market. It must be so hard to be a social media management tool right now. Firstly, because everybody wants to do it. Secondly, there are a huge number of competitors out there. While I was initially researching this episode, I actually looked at the quadrant on G2, which shows like, you know, high performers, new entrants, innovators, that kind of thing. G2 put this all together and they plot all of the people on their directory on this quadrant, if you're not familiar with it already. The one for social media management tools barely has any space that isn't covered by somebody's name or logo on it. It is a total nightmare of a market. So congratulations to Agora Pulse, first of all, for growing to the size that they did in a market like this. And they're playing against some big competitors like Hootsuite and Sprout Social, although I think they might just call themselves Sprout these days. It's hard to it's hard to keep up. So that actually makes their positioning incredibly important, right? You know, if you're playing against a million other competitors who probably have more or less the same tool set as you do, it's super important that you get your positioning right. Any thoughts about that, Jess? Yeah. So in doing some research on the paid side, I saw that as well. So just even looking at Captera. There was maybe 25 listings within their category. So it's definitely really competitive for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if everybody in the market is looking for a social media platform, and it seems like they might be, right? You have to be super clear about why you're the choice for a specific customer and why you're not. Now, visually speaking, 
Agora Pulse is far and away the best looking website and brand in the B2B social media tools market. I say B2B there because Buffer is actually a really good looking tool, but I would consider them a B2C tool more than anything. They're dealing mostly with people, you know, like you and I as individuals who want to social, who want to schedule social posts and stuff like that. But visuals don't give you differentiated, don't give you differentiation in a market. Now, I've been in pitch meetings to kind of back this up with something. I've been in pitch meetings with software companies who try to sell their product on looking cool. But the reality is it's almost never a concern for companies in B2B. What is a concern is getting things done, getting things done efficiently, making life more easy, all that kind of stuff. Now, it feels like Agora Pulse are actually kind of leaning into that a little bit. So the reason it looks like they've invested in this really beautiful kind of visual brand is because they're trying to tie that to being the easy to use solution. I think that's a fair move myself. So I bet a lot of their customers are actually not hugely confident about picking up new tools. And so it's easy to use is probably a pretty good selling point. But at the same time, it's not massively differentiated. One of the things that's really, really hard to qualify about being easy to use is like, what does that mean? Why, why is that, why is that any different from Sprout or um, Hootsuite or whatever? So here's what I'd suggest Agora Pulse look at first. I would step back from what they've currently got. Just take a couple of days out and I'd work out for a very specific customer So firstly, who is that? What do they look like? What are the fears, wants, desires, and aspirations of that customer? Not about social media marketing necessarily, because maybe maybe they're thinking about that all the time, but taking a step back further, what does that look like? Then I break down the answer to that question by a couple of different, we call them avatars, but you might be familiar with personas as language. So see what the check signer, the decision maker, the influencer, and the daily user have in terms of fears, wants, desires, and aspirations. That would enable them to uh, to kind of better understand who their customer is. Because as we said earlier, it's so important in a market like this to be able to clearly differentiate your customer, who you're for and who you're not, so that it's very clear in people's minds. How do you feel about that, Jess? Yeah, I completely agree. And that was something that we could see in the messaging from a creative standpoint as well. I think there's definitely opportunity for them to get more specific, specifically pain point driven around the messaging that they have in their ad creative, that it's really clear who they're speaking to, whether it's a social media manager or agency partner, anyone that's within their target audience. A lot of what we found was messaging that was specifically like use cases where you would use the platform for managing Instagram posts on desktop, for example. So again, as you mentioned earlier, that's not really differentiated. There's a lot of companies on the market that do the very exact same thing. So I definitely definitely agree with your um, kind of analysis there in terms of the messaging and pain points and using the personas to, to try to resonate with their target audience. I think that's a really good point. So you're saying basically they're often bidding on things like features versus how their product actually solves a pain point. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm not an Instagram user, but 
let's say you're a cafe owner in a small town and you want to send, you want to put pictures of your cupcakes on Instagram, right? Your needs are very different from Mercedes Benz who might want to show off high-end cars to people all over the world uh, through Instagram. Those are different needs. You have different desires and wants and fears and aspirations. Now, should you become the social media scheduling tool, uh, social media management tool, sorry, for Mercedes-Benz? Like, well, maybe, but more likely within the company itself of Mercedes-Benz. I don't know why I've chosen that example, by the way. There's a specific person in there who has a specific goal that they're trying to achieve by using your tool. And they think that they have a version of the problem that is so different from I don't know. Oh gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. But the the same person in, I don't know, BMW, they are your customer, but the same person in BMW is not because there is a specific job that you're being hired for as a product that only you can do for them. Now that person who says, hey, that's me, that's what you want to do at scale. And you know, messaging and advertising allows you to do that. But you have to, first of all, understand how are you going to actually find that person? Where are they hanging out? What kinds of things are they searching for? Especially if you're thinking about search advertising, right? And then like, if you're thinking about social, what are the, what kind of considerations are we thinking about with like really identifying and speaking to the right customers on social? Speaking to your point about trying to specifically speak to individuals at different organizations and also at different levels. So when you talked about like the influencer compared to the decision maker or even the daily user, the messaging should be different. And when we're talking about paid social, that really has a big impact from a copy perspective. And then even the offer could potentially be different. And then I think from a paid search perspective, the intent behind what people are looking for may differ slightly as well. So um, I think, and even if the, the actual like, keywords or queries that people are typing in are similar across different use like users or use cases the messaging could be completely different just based off of who you're actually trying to attract so i think there's a lot that you can do from a messaging standpoint to help convert people at different i guess different personas or different levels within the the kind of like buyer journey yeah that's a good point talking about targeting of different organizations, by the way. One thing that Agora Pulse are doing really well, actually, is they are look. So, you know, you have to get on a website, like a band of social proof where people say, you know, loved by users in these organizations, right? The logos that are on the, uh, the English language site are people like West Virginia University, Ogilvy, Shipped. So those are brands that are recognizable to an English speaking audience. If you check out different translations of the website, they actually have different logos that are more recognizable to different audiences. I think that's a smart move. It's not going to like massively impact your performance either way, depending on you know your market and stuff. But if you have a product that serves people in different parts of the world, and almost every SaaS should, then it does make sense to kind of get people to put their hand up and say, "Hey, I recognize you know, let's see, uh, Grupo Signal versus you know, I don't know, Bain and Co. Uh, or something like that." That's, I think that's really smart. And they do that for each one of their localities, I believe. Yeah, so they have different ones for Germany versus France. And it's cool. It's a good move. Jess, um, what else are we thinking about when we're thinking about PPC if we were working with Agora Pulse? 
Yeah. So, I mean, from what we could see within our research, it does seem that that they have a pretty um, wide net in terms of what channels they're advertising on. They're also in, as you mentioned, a number of geographic regions. We could see that there was multiple campaigns running in different languages all over the world. They're obviously a global brand. So I think they're doing a good job in terms of having like really consistent branding, I think, across campaigns, channels, regions, everything was really consistent. A couple of things we noticed, especially given that they're in the social media kind of like realm, there's opportunities, I think, for them to actually um, probably do a little bit more with paid social. I was interested to see that their advertising on Facebook and Instagram was relatively limited. There was a couple of campaigns we could see that were active, but it looked like they were heavily focused on search. And um, one thing that we've seen work really well, as you know, for from an agency side, which is one of their target audiences, is the use of Twitter. So I think that could be an opportunity for them where maybe they're looking at it just from an, like, an organic standpoint, but there's probably opportunity to expand there as well. Yeah. Twitter is impressive, I would say, despite being an absolutely terrible experience to <laughs> to run a campaign on. Let me qualify that. It's hard to attribute stuff correctly. Also, many of the kind of many of the features and functionalities of the ad platform itself are lesser developed than obviously, you know, Facebook and Google, who have made huge businesses off the back of advertising. We actually have an article on our blog about how to use Twitter ads for SaaS and kind of dispelling some of the myths, coming up with strategies and showing off what's worked for clients. And also we we were on a similar set of strategies for the agency and I can tell you they work. But Jess, thinking about Twitter, let's what would you suggest be the approach to, let's say, if Agora Pulse have never done anything on Twitter with ads, what would you start with? Yeah, so I mean, I think from what I could see on the site, they have a lot of content that exists already that's really high quality. So their blog has a lot of interesting articles. There's, you know, resources and checklists for how to set up a social media calendar or how to plan your like social media postings, things like that, I think, that are actually really useful. And they already have all the existing content can simply be leveraged for uh, paid ads on Twitter. So similarly to what some of the content that they might even be posting organically, I think can work really well. So it's probably where we start. And then I think you touched on attribution being a challenge, but there's always like, obviously opportunities for us to try to measure success compared to what they're seeing just from an organic standpoint. So there's definitely opportunity there, I think. And that's probably where we would start with their existing content. Yeah. I mean, they've got so much stuff that responds to how to's on their blog. So they rank currently in the US for 12,000 keywords that contain the search term how to. It feels like if a lot of people are so this is probably an organic thing more than a um more than a paid thing necessarily but you know creating content around those how to articles basically summarizing the point of those articles firstly that would help i can't believe i'm telling a social media management platform how to uh think about social but what i've seen work for us and for other people is creating content that is native to social that responds to queries that our audience actually have, so pain point content effectively, but straight to social, and then promoting 
that stuff when it gets engagement. So putting paid budget behind that, whether that's you know directly through promoting or whether it's adding that to existing campaigns that focus on a, you know some sort of specific objective, that has really worked wonders in terms of acquiring clients and customers for many people that I know of, including ourselves, versus the alternative, which is literally just creating the post on you know what we call dark dark posts. So effectively just going into the ad platform and writing these things from cold. So those are a couple of opportunities, I think, for Twitter ads that they could start using right away. So there's one which is kind of just promoting content, but also the second one is thinking about creating organic content from their excellently performing how-tos, which people really, really respond to on a network like Twitter, and then adding those to campaigns. Jess, what about an ad platform like Facebook? What are you seeing there? What we were seeing that they were doing was trying to at least get some kind of education around some of the integrations that they had. So I noticed that they were specifically several campaigns running that were promoting the fact that you could get insights into a company's Facebook page to try to do like uh, essentially outrage or like eliminating that kind of like cold call or cold pitch to a new company. So that was interesting. I found a lot less on like the content side, like what we were just talking about, whether it's like promoting their blog content or checklists or um, anything that might be actually like easily like consumable. I found a lot less on that. So I think that would still be an opportunity for Facebook. We see that work well in terms of just getting engagement and getting people like learning more about your brand And I think from a remarketing standpoint, like Facebook and Instagram are still pretty strong. So if we have a high volume of traffic coming to the site from some of these organic and paid search efforts, there's definitely an opportunity to leverage Facebook for that as well. Sure. And you know what, while we're talking about Facebook, I think a really good thing to mention. So we originally were talking in this episode about their positioning. So Agora Pulse have what I would describe as general positioning related to kind of ease of use. Now, not really defensible because anyone can say we're easy to use. Anybody can say we're a good looking brand. Anybody can do those things. That's simple, right? Now, one feature that I don't think many other social media management platforms have is that Agora Pulse integrates directly with Facebook's Graph API. Now, what that means in practice is that they're able to help their customers see comments on paid posts. So going back to my cupcakes example is probably a horrible thing because actually, let's take a better one here. Like West Virginia University, let's say they're trying to get people to enroll in next semester. If I do a post on Facebook, which is or Instagram, ultimately, same ad platform, where I'm trying to get people to engage and enroll. And let's say somebody, a potential student has a question. Now, normally what happens in my experience is that if I pay and add that that post to a campaign, when somebody comments, it's actually quite hard to keep track of that and to engage with it. That's got two effects in my experience. The first one is that, well, a question never gets answered. But the second one is it's a real missed opportunity to stoke engagement on that and kind of feed the algorithm, which Jess, you tell me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like 
when you engage with stuff on Facebook, it's always good. If you get engagement on your paid posts, you're likely to do better with the actual outcomes of your campaigns. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's 100% correct. So I think you touched on really like two key components of actually engaging with people who are commenting on your ads. There's obviously the the opportunity to answer a question or potentially like, you know, move someone further down the kind of like buying cycle. It also does improve the engagement, kind of like the engagement score overall. So you can get more like, I guess, visibility and exposure based off of the algorithm, taking that as positive signals. And then I think the third one that I've seen as well, and this happens a lot with B2C brands, is if there's ever comments or like support related inquiries that are maybe not even relevant to the creative, but it's could potentially be like negative, that can actually have a counter impact on your creative performance. So it is really important. And I've actually speaking of that, have used Agora Pulse before. So this is an interesting one for me at a company that I used to work for. They used to use it for that exact purpose to monitor paid advertising and like be able to respond to comments on paid posts. So yeah, so I think that's definitely a feature that they uh, could leverage more often in their messaging, as you said, and really just hone in on that being kind of a unique feature and some a use case where people may not know that that's actually an option. And I don't think it is something that's offered with some of the other platforms. So I think that that could be a huge opportunity. Yeah, and kind of dive in on that a little bit more in the last few minutes here. One thing that I absolutely love that Agora Pulse are doing is they have a couple of tools and a community that are related to social agencies. So they have a service called Social Agency Scout. Now, the whole aim of Social Agency Scout is to help people who want a social agency to find an agency that does what they want in the location that they want to do it, right? Now, I love that because, A, it's helpful to people who are looking for a service, and that's just nice. But in terms of demand gen, it's a masterful play because the people who want to do, want to hire a social agency have the problem that Agora Pulse can actually help them help solve. They want to find someone to manage their social media, right? Now, I would imagine that like HubSpot used to do with their agency model, by the way, quick plug here, if you're interested in hearing more about that, we have an episode of other podcast Inflection Point with Pete Caputa, who was the guy at HubSpot who actually created and grew that model. Very interesting. Back to this. The good thing there is that obviously if you hire an agency who's listed on this, I think there's a fairly strong probability that they're already using Agora Pulse. That means social media agencies are getting more ROI from actually investing in Agora Pulse because they're getting more users, more management through that thing. It becomes a more indispensable tool for these agencies. And at the end of the day, if you combine that positioning as the agency social media management tool versus the kind of the general thing, and you say, okay, well, here are the specific features that will help social media management agencies get better at their jobs or be more efficient or help clients be more happy, those kinds of things, suddenly your positioning starts to improve. And you know, one of those features might be the thing about the Facebook comments on paid ads. 
those features all come together to reinforce the positioning. So you don't just have features, you don't just have benefits, you've got features and benefits aligned. And that is really the kind of the sweet spot of messaging for most SaaS companies. Jess, before we before we close off here, do you have anything else that you want to say? Uh, no, I think that covered everything. All right. Thanks for your time today. I think Agora Pulse has a whole bunch of things that they're doing really, really well already. And it seems like with a little bit of care over the positioning and messaging, maybe they could do even better with the things they've already got set up. I'll catch you soon, Jess. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. But friend, it doesn't have to end here. Because if you want to do something about your SaaS marketing, you should go to our website. We have heaps of in-depth blog posts, podcasts, and other resources about how to grow your demos, free trials, and signups with Demand Gen SEO or PPC. Now, if you want us to help you with that, you can book a SaaS scale session by clicking on the work with us button in the nav bar. Or you can follow me on Twitter at I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C, or follow our founder, Dev Basu, that's D-E-V-B-A-S-U. I'll see you next time for another episode of Insider Marketing.